I'm Danny Belvin. And I am Danica Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And climate change is real. And she's mad. She's real mad. She real mad, everybody. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's true, though. Oh, and there goes the F-bomb right at the top. Let's the see. Show. It's right at the top. <laughs> Dan, so so we got something really nice on Instagram that a high school group that was for like people of multi culture, like it's a multicultural. We'll have to at them. We should have got their names. Oh yeah, it, it's Cleveland High School. And their group is called Mixed, which is an anagram, I think. It's oh. in all caps, so I assumed it was an anagram, but I don't know. Not mm. anagram. What's that word? That's no, the wrong word. Oh, was is it not right? I thought it was right. I don't know. Girl, I haven't been in school in a long time. This is not going well. I'm going to cut all this shit out. (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't you cut one iota. What I'm saying is that a high school that we just tried to shout out to listen listen to their podcast this week for their group. And now I don't think they're going to allow us to speak in their group anymore, Danny. Uh, (laughs) uh, They all say it. They all say it. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> look at you perpetuating you need to help the children all right uh, whatever all I right knew you at that age you weren't that innocent <laughs> girl no i wasn't but that's why we got along so great <laughs> well we tried we tried so we try so hard to stay on topic each check-in and somehow within record time we blow it but that's okay i'm okay with that that's okay because it's earth day today well, yesterday. Yesterday. What's today? <gasps> it's today? Oh, yep. Yeah. There we go. I um, officially don't know what day it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking from the future, to be fair. I'm yes. talking about the day that the episode is released. I know. In my brain, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be right on it. We're going to hit it perfectly. Yeah, it'll be the day after Earth Day. Let's just call all of April Earth Day month. Earth month. There we go. Happy Earth Month, everyone, because the Earth deserves more than just one day. (laughs) God, really? If we all cared about the Earth all the time? (laughs) We'd be dangerous. (laughs) We could actually do something. Are you doing anything special for Earth Day? Do you do do Earth Day things? I think like during April, like my little one, she and I will, especially I said with when I had a kiddo, it was easier to like try to implement these things because sometimes life would just go by. We'd go to the forest and go like pick up trash because that's like one of her her things. She hates seeing garbage and stuff like that around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just more like just getting people to kind of just like naturally like or I'd put things like, hey, you know, a good way to cut up on plastic when you go into the grocery stores, don't buy things prepackaged or really take advantage of markets and take your own bags. It's just one of those things of just kind of bringing awareness I don't think I'm as massive as I used to be when I was a little bit younger college crazy Danica I might have spray painted a Hummer <laughs> when I was in college <laughs> I might have done that that might have been a bit radical but it's also a really ridiculous vehicle to have but you know also opinions <laughs> I don't know are you a big celebrator of Earth Day um not necessarily. We try to be kind of environmentally conscious in my house. I am less so than my husband, I think, which mm. we can talk about later. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, like, we have some Earth Day sort of traditions. Like, there's a co-op 
the co-op here, the grocery store that's a cooperatively owned business that we're members of always has like a big Earth Day festival uh, the weekend before Earth Day. So that's always really cool to go to. The organization I work for is an outreach component of a school and the school like Earth Day is their big celebration for the year. So like we have a parade, we have like a big potluck and performances and it's just like a whole fun day of Earth Day stuff and then we close early, which is also exciting for all of us. Mm, yes, um, happy Earth Day to me. Happy Earth Day. <laughs> no, but it's really fun and like we have giant puppets that we walk around and is part of the parade and kind of try to engage the whole neighborhood and so those are like the Earth Day things in my life. But I, I'm environmentally conscious to a point, but I am no, I'm not like perfect and no one's perfect. And I no. think it's one of those situations. The more you know, the more you feel like, oh shit, I don't do anything. Girl, just toothbrushes. I was like, I was reading an article. It was everyone's like, oh, toothbrushes. They're so, I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I saw when they took it out of the turtle's nose, whatever. And then you read the actual numbers and you see how many are in landfills and you're just like, oh, how many toothbrushes have I thrown away? I'm part of the problem. It's just like everyday little things make you just feel like you are, you have the biggest carbon footprint ever. Yeah, I know. We're of that generation that I think we can call the ozone hole. Mm -hmm. Girl. Because I feel like that was the big thing that everyone always talked about with the hole in the ozone Ozone layer. layer. That was like a thing I was always like so worried about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But my little sister was much more environmental than I was. She was like very, very concerned about all things. She's a very empathetic person. I think she's even more empathetic than I am. Um, We express it in different ways. But but she I think like that's that's where a lot of her concern about the environment came from just her general empathy mm. but we need people like that don't we on, on all ends who are just like it's you know empathy and, and feeling that compassion and also just by sheer just numbers and almost just common sense of like well we all live here and facts are facts because right. <clears throat> you see like eu call it's like the ozone generation i'm just like i feel like we're like the al gore generation where we were just like completely spoon-fed all of the documentaries by Al Gore. Thank you, Al Gore, for scaring the living daylights out of me (laughs) as as a young adult just trying to make it into this world. I don't think I ever saw the first one. I saw the later one, but I don't Mm -hmm. think I ever saw his first An Inconvenient Truth. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely went to the more recent one we oh, went and saw it in the theater. What'd you think? I can't remember the specifics now, to be fair, but I remember oh. thinking it was pretty good, but that I was not the intended audience. Oh. I didn't learn anything new from it, but I mean, that's fine. I don't have to be the intended audience for all things to appreciate what they are. You know, oh. like people, I think there's a lot of conversations that need to happen and there's different levels of wokeness within uh, (laughs) movement so i think having things that are accessible to all levels is important 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny when we were deciding to do this topic, we, you know, it kind of fell underneath the episode where we were talking about, are there things that we consider to be white things? We talk about the white list and I, you know, we're talking about, you know, camping, swimming and things. <laughs> Go listen to that episode. It's, um, it's, uh, it's not brief. we never are are. but actually something that you said that I kind of really sparked something with here of just like someone actually in our beauty episode of someone doesn't like shave and grows their hair long and dreads you know they're granola loving and you know they're hip and cool and edgy and care about the environment and I feel like that that's the same thing with environmentalism if someone's saying I'm very environmentally conscious you kind of get a very very clear stereotype like you don't have to admit it to me but I know if I say oh here's my friend they are an environmentalist you automatically get a picture of a white person in cargo shorts or pants of some sort or like a long flowy skirt yeah <laughs> girl <laughs> do you know like wearing you know like the, the sandals with like 500 straps on it they're no longer sandals if they have that many straps anyway sorry I had to get that out there <laughs> Wow, strong feelings. Yeah, that's how I feel about footwear. (laughs) But do do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they would ever think an environmentalist would look like someone with a really, I guess they might be tan, but like our kind of tan. But it's, I don't think it's something that would be considered something that people of color do. I don't know if you have that same feeling or not. Yeah, I think there's, there is this weird stereotype of what an environmentalist looks like and it is not a person of color uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it and I think there's a lot of exclusion of communities of color from the environmentalism movement which Mm -hmm. is very ironic since a lot of communities of color are so like have deep ties to the environment and to nature just the idea that there's the national parks and people really care about the national parks because it's holding on to this nature and preserving it so we can all enjoy it. But this is like land that indigenous people were (laughs) kicked out of essentially Mm -hmm. that became these national parks. Mm -hmm. This reinforcement of an idea that humans are naturally opposed to nature and it's the white people <laughs> who are the trusted protectors of nature. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> who are you protecting it from? You're the ones who are taking it. <laughs> right? right? So I don't know. I It's so bizarre to me. And in discussing this episode, the the want to do this episode, we were talking about this idea that you do have to be like a white person to be an environmentalist. Well, um, to be taken seriously as one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and just this idea that you're either an environmentalist or you're being harmed by pollution in these <laughs> systems and you're just too busy like being poor or being black to deal with it um, yeah because it, it, the thing is there is a massive movement within the urban communities and people of color I mean we have doctor scientists representatives that are on the cutting edge of environmentalism and but I feel like it always kind of gets linked into self-preservation. They're like, mm. we need to care about the earth because of the pollution, which yes, you're completely right, because the pollution is killing us, which all these things are right. But I think sometimes when you say it like that, where they're trying to care 
only silly about the communities or these poor industrial urban areas. They're like, well, Mm -hmm. we have to care because we're dying and people of color have increased health risks. All these things are facts, but it feels like you're kind of degrading what they're actually doing for the earth as a whole entity. Because it makes it feel like, look what they're doing for their community. Look what they're doing for their people. And look what people of color are doing for each other. Instead of thinking of like what these these leading scientists of color and doctors are doing for the earth as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I just feel, but maybe it could just be I'm just never satisfied. I should just kind of <laughs> feel like maybe I'm overthinking it, which is possible. But it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's, but for me personally, I think it's one another one of those things where I, like I said, in college, I think I was a, a bit radical. I I can admit that with me trying to single-handedly save the earth. But I mean, it was me and um, two other people who were, I think one was Mexican, very proud. <laughs> and there was another young lady who was West Indian. And that was it amongst our organization. And it would kind of be viewed as, well, it's obviously you're here because, you know, you're, you're half white. And it's like, mm. well, uh, I, you know, that that's not the experience that I have. I think a lot of people of color or who are, are mixed do care very deeply about the environment. And it, once again, it feels like you kind of have to pick a side again. Right. And it, it's, it, it really is the worst feeling of like, no, I'm into something because I care about it, not because I'm half white. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you hear my cat? I totally can hear your cat. <laughs> they sorry, are mad. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> like to be excluded. He's been pretty angry all morning. But I, I feel like he. I feel like he's just trying to just been like, yes. I feel. I thought he was encouraging me. He's like, yes, girl. You don't have to pick, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Yeah, I'm mostly black. I have like one little white patch. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to check. You can check whatever box you want. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm also diffusing because it's such a complicated topic and hard to talk about because of, I think there are these weird labels and it's like with all of these things, it's silly because clearly it's something everyone should be concerned about. It impacts all of us. I don't know why white people should have the monopoly on being concerned about the planet because, you know, colonialism has, maybe it's because colonialism has caused mm. most all of, of this. Mm. Is it a taking responsibility? Maybe, maybe, maybe it is. And I should say I we're not going to get too deep into like the science of climate change and whatnot. No, I mean I really don't think people want that from us. No, I don't I think they, they don't. do. Um, and I hope that the people listening are just already on the same page as us. And if they aren't, mm-hmm. like just being open to the idea, because I feel like you know it comes down to. Often, like, the two things that are really talked about are pollution and Mm -hmm. population, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we're kind of focusing on the pollution aspect of it, because Mm -hmm. if we get into a discussion about population, then it turns into, like, crazy, like, eugenics and all sorts (laughs) of things that I don't want to go into. You don't? I'm excited. I'm about to cut everybody off from having children. (laughs) I'm just going to... (laughs) That is, I know, 
I'm kidding, but people are going to think I'm being real. <laughs> what can we do? What can we do as a people? Because I think we've established that there does kind of feel like there's a divide between the races mm. and that we should care about it because as a whole, we all got to live on this earth. De- it doesn't matter what color you are. What, what can we do? What can we encourage people of color to start doing, to start making a bigger impact in, uh, in how we're surviving on this earth? So I have such surprise surprise mixed feelings about <laughs> about all of this i do think personal responsibility small steps are important and are mm-hmm. things that there's things we could be doing i think that a lot of what's happening is much bigger than any of us mm. uh, so like we need to like start calling out these huge huge companies that are destroying our planet and speaking with our dollars when we can. And Ooh, I yes, know I'm, I'm being a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, so it's, I mean, it's difficult. And I think, you know, we have to choose our battles and realize where we're at because there's a lot we can do, but it's still only like a drop in the bucket. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, we can influence other people and then there's more drops in the bucket and hopefully you know, get a group of people together and demand change. I want to be that optimistic about the world because we're yeah, but that'd be <laughs> That'd be really out of your character and people are like, what podcast am I listening to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like it's important and it's not only important for for the environment and for us being able to live on this planet and for our children and grandchildren to live on this planet. But I think as people of color who are removed from it, and I'm incorporating all of us who are mixed race into this people of color. So one thing we can do is reduce our carbon emissions, right? That's something people talk about all the time. But people of color are more impacted by carbon emissions we tend to live in more heavily polluted areas and are directly impacted by that already when we as a whole produce less carbon than white people and a lot of this is because of wealth Mm -hmm. and the way those lines fall but it's also just cultural i think to a certain extent as well so i think reducing carbon emissions is one thing Mm. But there's a million ways you can do it, right? And lots of movements right now that are about plastic straws and plastics. Girl, we cannot get a health care bill passed, but right. we can wipe out some plastic straws. Never, oh my days, never in all my life have I seen such a whooping change. I literally watched it on the like the news the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Next thing I know, I'm getting a paper straw at McDonald's. I was shocked at least over here in England Mm. I was absolutely shocked at how quick that got a hold of us are you am I the only one I I feel (laughs) like it's also that instant gratification yes it's important Mm. and it's good but it's a small step and yes the the danger with those things is I feel like people get too self-congratulatory about Mm -hmm. it and they're like oh awesome look at us we saved the world by getting rid of plastic straws I'm sorry but I try, like, we try to live a pretty low impact, fairly low impact lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
in our house. But like, it's funny because like compared to Ian's friends, we're not as good. But like compared to my <laughs> friends, we're like way better. So it's like, you know, it's funny. And I wonder like, why that is, Danny. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, That's really think, funny. think that. That's yeah, really I'm. Funny. I'm gonna let you do that. That mental image. But you are completely right about. Uh, that's exactly what I said to my husband. Of like, this is the quickest, like, self gratification, biggest pack on the back ever. This is like that little treat you get to try to get to that big goal. But I think sometimes we can just be so complacent of like, yeah, we did this thing. We got rid of these straws. Okay, what's the next thing? Because I know when we first got here, they were phasing out plastic bags, and they still give them to, you, but they do charge. And I think they're starting mm. to make sure that they're trying to promote less and less of handing it out. That's great. But even then, it wasn't, it's still not a clean sweep, is it? It's not like, no, done. You better bring a bag or else you're carrying out your bag of ice. You better figure it out. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Like, they're still, we're just in that complacent place. But that's the thing, too, is like money talks, right? Like you're charging mm-hmm. people for plastic bags. So people are going to be more likely to remember their shopping bags from home because they don't want to pay for that rather than just like remembering it to be good about the environment. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's good. Like I, I'm I'm in favor of, of that, even though it, you're right, it's just a small step and not not something great. I would say we're pretty good ourselves, but... I mean, we took an international flight this year, and that's like an insane amount of carbon emissions. Like, I don't think us even being vegetarian offsets that. Like, (laughs) it's it's funny you brought that up. (laughs) It's huge. Like, it's huge. Like, Mm -hmm. anybody who takes regular airplane flights, like, I'm sorry, but you're a huge part of the problem. And if you're taking an international flight, you're like a really huge part of the problem. (laughs) And that's me. And that's me. Yeah. And that's me. Like, girl, this is where I live. I have to cross an ocean. Isn't that? But that's what we say that we could easily feel defeated. Right. But we that and I think that's like I'm glad we kind of have I think for for you. I'm more of like, let's make some big drops in a bucket till we can finally get a full pail. And I think you're a much bigger, like, let's get a bigger concept, people who would have a bigger impact. Because the thing I've been really excited about um, is for people of color really pressing to go uh, either vegetarian or vegan. And a lot of people who do this, it's for a lot of health reasons, which we can probably get into that into a whole other episode, which I think I would like to do. But what I really think is great is that we have a lot of people of color who are realizing the impact that that can have on it. They're putting people who eat beef regularly on the same plane of people who, uh, who the same amount of emissions of driving. They're talking about if you have like a steak dinner of the admissions of being equal up to like driving a couple of miles in a car. And it might not sound like a lot, but for me, I was just really blown away by this, the amount of research and, food equates for a quarter of the pollution that we're having right now. Um, No, totally. Isn't that nuts? I'm like, just what, what we eat. Yeah. And it's not only like just eating meat, which is worse for the environment, but also just, we get our food from so far away Mm -hmm. in the industrial food system. Things are automated. So there's like machines doing this and all of that. And these are the moments where I feel like, a little bit 
and I I hate to even say this because now I'm like I'm not owning oh, any no, of it. it. Like I feel like a little ashamed to be like talking about these things because <laughs> I feel same. Like, I feel like I'm being preachy and but it's important. <laughs> but like I don't know. I, it's a weird feeling, and maybe it's rooted in my race. Like I think it is because we've talked about this. You and I. I can't. It it makes me uncomfortable. And yet I'm (laughs) around my husband who is an organic farmer and he Mm -hmm. talks about these things all day. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're totally right. And I like 100% believe you. But like, I am very concerned about putting myself out there that way. Like I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't. It's strange. It's a strange feeling. And it's all internal, I guess. But rooted well, in my yeah my race, my family, my life. <laughs> I don't know. Well, food is a very like that's such a triggering thing when it comes to race in general. And we have talked, we've like touched on it slightly about especially and we talked like eating vegetables and meat and what does that look like culturally. But food is a really, really big deal. But when we start talking about trying to be especially in our in our culture, food is about family and feelings and comfort and tradition. We don't want to say, actually, in order for that to happen, this cheese had to come from here and this factory had to make this and that's because that's processed. And over here, you had to make this much grain to feed the animal and you could have actually fed people with the grain mm-hmm. instead of giving it to the cows who then took up, you know, does, does that make sense? Like when we look at food, we just want to think of like, oh, that's my well, as recipe and not think of like, oh, great, look how big of a carbon footprint that put in the world. <laughs> you know, we just want to, I know I do, girl, I love food. And <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't enjoy food and that I don't find comfort. And that's the last thing I want to do is think about um, from, you say from farm to table, but but that's not a lifestyle we live anymore. But thinking about, for me, we talked about even the very beginning of the episode, like what we're doing. I think that is one of those things like, I'm not trying to be preachy, but any opportunity I can get to people being like, hey, have you tried just eating one vegetarian meal mm-hmm. a week? Or like, hey, let's go to the market together. I, I crochet bags. Or you can have them like, or give them as gifts. Or um, a friend of mine, she she doesn't want like traditional presents. She's like, get me beeswax wrapping paper instead. Can you get me that and get me things that I can reuse and encourage each other to do that and bring consciousness to each other and encourage other people to live in a way towards like, no, you don't have to radically change your life, but you can start by making these subtle changes. I'm like, what was it? Um, I was on Vox. Oh, I was watching a video saying, even if you actually started eating the doctor regulated amount of meat we can still start cutting it down by 15 percent our carbon footprint by 2050 yeah it's like seriously even if you're still eating it but you just actually eat what doctors recommend and not what we're actually eating 15 percent by 2050 oh that's equated to 1 billion cars that's crazy yeah i don't know like like i said i love the movement that's happening for health reasons but i'm i'm so intrigued by the impact it can have on the environment Yeah, just personally, and I try not to talk about being a vegetarian too much because I'm also very aware of the stigma of vegetarians and vegans Uh, being preachy. Uh, So that makes me uncomfortable also. (laughs) You are safe here. I understand. So my own story with vegetarianism is my husband's a vegetarian and he's been a vegetarian since he was like 
eight when he decided to become a vegetarian. <laughs> so mm. when we moved in together, when I was like 19, he did most of the cooking, which I feel like that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. um, but he, he did most of the cooking. So we just mostly ate vegetarian at home. Um, and he would occasionally like try to cook chicken for me, which was nice. Um, but, Aww. but eventually over the years, we kind of just stopped. <laughs> Uh, You're like, honey, don't. Just, just no, don't. Like, it was fine. And, like, I <laughs> felt like, who cares? Like, I'm not cooking. I won't be picky. This is great. And I would just eat meat when we ate out. And then I eventually kind of lost the taste for meat. And so I just... I, there was a point where actually I was a stricter vegetarian than he was, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So the reason was, like, one, practical, but also... Like it's not for me, it's not rooted in in health, uh, but it is more rooted in the environmental impact of it. And like just the food, like knowing where my food, where it comes from is really important to me. And I really don't like in, in the industrial meat complex. That's not what it's called, but that's what I'm going to call it right now. The industrial I think that's what, meat I, complex. Yeah, I think and I think you just also named the show. industrial meat complex complex. um yeah but like i don't i don't like that industrial food system and i do very strongly believe that you know we are like the food that we put into our bodies affects everything affects our health Mm -hmm. affects like our energy levels i want to know where that food is coming from and i want that food to be good quality food and i think it's harder to do with meat than it is with vegetables and mm-hmm. it's it's expensive girl meat is real expensive when you're getting like mm-hmm. ethically sourced you know like local meat like that's oh, real expensive girl. it really is i mean just from like like a little bit of just like our our journey in the last couple of years because we live further out in like a farm-ish country is that there are a lot of movements here. I bet chicken is really big here. Even though chicken does admit a smaller carbon footprint, it's it's nothing compared to like carrots. <laughs> right. But it's um it's but just here it's more so with uh animals being treated humanely, which yay, I'm also for. Not a whitelist thing. Everyone should care about animals. But for us it was just, you know, doing more research about what they're doing with caged animals as opposed to you know organically sourced or being able to roam free all of that so I'm like when we made this conscious decision like okay we need to either eat less which we have and when we do we need to make sure we buy a certain amount to offset the cost because girl when we went there you can either buy like what they say like a broiler chicken for here a couple of pounds which would be under three us dollars Uh or you can pay seven pounds for an organic grass-fed bird that got massages that I mean you're looking at anywhere between 10 to 12 US dollars and to feed a small family on one income it's it's so challenging and to me I'm like well I guess it's beans for us because it's you know trying right. to make that that decision and it is it is so you know we talk about trying not to be preachy been like oh no I completely understand that you only have so much to resources, money, and time to spend on your life and your family. And you have to make those choices. And I think it's just encouraging people to be like, yeah, you got to make the best choice for your family, but there are more options. Absolutely. And and I think like I'm, 
I'm privileged enough to make those decisions. Like I am mm-hmm. not, I am not like living paycheck to paycheck, uh, mm-hmm. which is like an amazing thing <laughs> in my life. Um, and like I, I am able to make conscious choices about w- how I want to spend my money. And like for me, food is really important. So like we, we probably spend more on groceries than most people we know. And it's because like, <laughs> because we make those decisions of like that's how we want to spend our money. And also like we never eat out. So I think at the end of the day, we're probably not spending more on food, even though we're spending more on groceries Mm. because like we never eat out. We never do like a lot of things that other people do because we've decided that that that's something that we value and we're willing to spend our money that way. But I also recognize that that's a huge privilege that I'm able to do that. Yeah, same. And and I think that's why for, for us, it's just realizing of like, not everyone can live that way. And sometimes you got to get that cheap chicken, but it's like, okay, great. Well, then how can you make that go as far as you can? Maybe you need to get the whole chicken instead of cut pieces of chicken. Can you make yeah. broth from the bones? Can you like educating people with as many options as humanly possible to be like, okay, how can you make this meal go as far as possible? So you're buying even less and, and ultimately try to save yourself even more money. And yeah, girl, you need to, your husband needs to hit me up with some really good um, vegetarian recipes. I'm oh, always yeah. looking for them. Anytime. I'm down. I'm sure. I'm I, so ready. We, we can chat about that later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, and then I think, and that's why food justice and we're like veering way off path, but like food justice yeah. is really important, right? Like making mm-hmm. food, like good quality, ethical food available to everyone is really yes oh girl that movement is real (laughs) but also like and I feel like that movement is just recently starting to be less Mm -hmm. of a white thing because it's like we aren't talking about well we are talking about reaching white people but not just white people (laughs) right like it's not a racial thing it's something that everyone should have access to and I think you know like a lot of the work that I see being done in that movement are in communities of color and being headed Mm -hmm. by communities that are of color so I think like let's see more of that in environmentalism as a whole mm-hmm. and give them credit where credit is due not yeah you're saving you know colored communities which is awful right but it's like no you're you're impacting the world and and I think it's this terrible like this view of going back to environmentalism generally and I mentioned this earlier is this idea that well poor people are too concerned you know like with dealing with being poor and black people are too concerned with all the struggles they have with being black to care about the environment and it's like (laughs) that first of all uh, but second of all yeah a girl I'm just mm. yes it is this is about like money and social status and all of that but I think looking at it through that lens is blaming the poor people for it. Let's be real. Who are the people that are really <laughs> profiting off of <laughs> off of the destruction of our planet? It ain't poor people. Like <laughs> let's call out fucking oil companies. Let's call out like the people in charge who are profiting from this. They're the people who are too concerned with money to care about the environment it's not poor people who are too concerned with money to care about the environment 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people in those communities actually are doing work to care for the environment. And I don't know. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. No. no, it is. And it's okay to have all the mixed feelings because if even look at a lot of policies environmentally, it, once again, it's a cash money thing. Like, well, we've got in, um, environmental credits and, and how, how well we're doing. And like I said, when you look at big companies are saying, oh, we've increased our efficiency by, you know, 2%. But I'm like, but you realize on a whole scale, that is a drop in the bucket. And in, I, I think that's the part where I get quite, um, discouraged when you see massive major companies and even like I said living out here in our farming communities where on one hand you want to say yes let's let's go for it let's support jobs let's support being able to get people food out to food desert places but on the other hand you see the massive impact that it has environmentally and what it's doing to small hold farmers Ultimately, you're just like, oh, what do we do? And then they want to parade saying, well, actually, we run so efficiently and we run on this percentage of solar power and we're doing our part. And I, I do understand, but ultimately, it's a bigger problem just than just doing part. Right. You know, we keep putting bandages on these these wounds and not really trying to get to the heart of the infection. And but the thing is, it's not that black and white. A show about race. It's just not that black and white, is it? No, it's it's really not. I think like if you actually talk to people in a very direct way, most people obviously do care about the environment and care about the Mm -hmm. world that we live in and care about having a better world for our children and our grandchildren. But that's not that's not the walk that people are walking, even though that's. (laughs) Well, I guess in, I will say if people don't leave with anything else in this is that we have more options than we think we do. And you don't have to feel powerless. And you also don't have to feel if you're a person of color or mixed race, you don't have to be in fear of being proud or being conscious and letting people know that that's how you're trying to live your life. Yeah, or like my own fear of being preachy or being labeled Mm -hmm. as like too white, you know, by saying anything. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, I was trying to think of like when we were getting ready for this, it's just like, what do you want to want people to walk away feeling? Like you actually have a lot more power and say and not to fear how you're going to come off or get your card, your black card, brown card revoked. And that there are a lot of people on the forefront of this that we can look towards for role models. And um, and for guidance and for encouragement, whether if you if you want to actually start, you know, tackling and realize, you know, what environmental bills are passing right now, or if he's like, hey, I want to try being a vegetarian and or a vegan, then like, hey, what does it look like to try to better the public um, transportation system where I live, or maybe this is something I want to do, or you know, realize you have a lot more resources and examples than you think you have, and I don't know, I, I want to hear about people what they're doing to try to. Um, to decrease their carbon footprint. And yeah, I just want to hear of what other people might be doing. I'd be totally down for that. Yeah, no, I, I would love to hear what people are doing. And I think, I think what you're saying is totally right. Like everyone needs to be aware that now is the time to more openly talk about what we're doing for any sort of environmental movement and to talk about our concerns because it's not going away. 
And it's actually, it's getting worse and worse. So now is the time. There needs to be more of an environmental movement that has room for people from different racial, ethnic, economic backgrounds in order to actually make a difference in this world. So I think that all people, including those of us in the minority groups, need to just voice our beliefs and Mm -hmm. invite conversation that just normalizes environmental interests and actions, right? Like that's that's our problem. That's our fear is because it's not normalized within our group. So how do we normalize it? By putting it out there as much as we can. And take down that complex. And I know that there's that fine line between preachy and sharing. And I have a hard time figuring out what that is. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think, I mean... I will say this, and I think maybe we should probably talk about our happy place or if you want to add anything to it. But I think because we need to stop confusing passion with preachy. Yes, there is a very fine line. But if someone is incredibly passionate, the way it can be worded or the direction that they're going towards, I think that I think people want to hear something. Hey, maybe you should try this or, hey, we all share in this problem. Maybe we should change. Is that person being preachy? No, they're being passionate. But does that make we take things so personally, don't we, mm. that we just we ha- there's no room for people to be passionate and confident in what they believe in. I don't know. I could probably be very guilty of people trying to tell me things like don't preach to me. But I don't know. Right. I don't know how to change that. No, no, I think you're right. And and I think it depends on where the stakes are for you. Right. Like, I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I think that white men have very low stakes. They can be as passionate about anything and they aren't as concerned about coming off as preachy. Like, I think it's easy for them in that way. I, I don't think they would ever get classified as being preachy, though. No, it, because <laughs> that's that's just what they've been brought up to do. And I think as you get lower in social status, it becomes harder because you don't want to come off as preachy. You don't want to come off as, like, overstepping your bounds or trying to force something on someone. And I think as women, we're particularly taught not to do that. Oh, and then I yeah. think we have that added baggage of being mixed race where like if we say something we're gonna be our audience is going to use that as an impetus to classify us make a decision have that as an example of us choosing sides so i think that that's what makes it really scary and and i'm not saying this is like a conscious thing going through my mind every time but i think it's 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 because it's not not. it's not it's not a conscious thing usually but i think maybe sometimes it is but i think this is just like you know the years of conditioning have been put into place so that's what kind of gives us pause without even thinking about it Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely, for me, I realize the older I get, the more I am aware of my tone. And I'm always very, um, I'm I even think, overthinking right now of picking my words, choosing my tone, um, just for that. And I, and I just don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm always afraid because I'm darker. I'm always afraid. I'm like, no matter what I do, if I come off, if I'm being quite passionate, I'm going to come off as angry. But yeah, yeah. that is, no, um, that's real. we can, no. And, and I think, cause we haven't talked about it before. Um, oh gosh, what were you talking about? Oh, and I'm just like, I, I don't want to go for blood or I don't want to come off as angry of something like that. And because I'm afraid I'm going to be put as the villain, no matter, even if I'm completely in the right, 
it's just this automatic fear. If I start talking about, you know, people of color, it's okay to care about the environment. Hey, let's switch to bamboo toothbrushes. Like, yep, there goes that angry black, you know, environmentalist. You don't see one of those every day. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm just being passionate. It's, it's terrifying. Right. And the stakes are so much higher than just how you're perceived, mm-hmm. right? When we're talking about the actual well-being of our planet, mm-hmm. not only is it a way to dismiss you, it's a way to dismiss caring about the environment as a whole. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like larger <laughs> states. Oh, it's terrible. Girl, it's terrible. So <laughs> I we're supposed to be uplifting today. I don't know. We're all right. I feel slightly uplifted and also slightly hungry. Um <laughs> should, should we talk about our happy place? Yeah, I want to hear about your happy place. What's your happy place? Like? All right. All right. We're gonna talk about so it's like it's April, right? It's like yeah apparently mid-April-ish by the time this comes out. So the thing that's making me super happy is um, that people are starting to put up their pictures of their kids going to prom. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> Have you been seeing the prom pics uh, on, I've on seen, the internet? I've seen some prom pics, yes. So um, I don't have, I mean, I'm like in that weird age to where like I'm far enough removed from prom, my own prom that it's funny now. Not the kids, but my own because mine was terrible. But now I can see other kids being like, oh, go enjoy your life before reality sets in. And, and like if my kid is, you know, little, I still got years and years and years. And so it's one of the things that I can just enjoy be like, oh, look at you. You don't even know what's about to happen. Just dance, dance tonight and enjoy your life. Um, but it's just, it's just cute, you know, and especially like, like there's a lot of, you know, hipster kids who are really neat and cool. And of course some of them have dresses. I'm like, I can't believe you got out of the house in that. But on the other side, it's just, it's (laughs) so old. (laughs) I am, but girl, do you see these dresses? Anyway, whole other episode. I apologize for nothing. Wear the poofy sleeves, daggone it. Um, but it's just, it's so cute. It just makes me smile. And I'm trying not to, cause I'm just like proms are garbage. Um, but it's just, oh, it's just cute. There's like a, like quite a few of my friends who have their kids who are going and I'm like, oh, enjoy, make memories, make good choices. Do they have, <laughs> All the things do they in between. prom in, in England? I don't think so. If they do, it's not – I don't think it's a big of a deal here, but I think Americans make a big deal out of everything. Yeah, everything's so, a big deal here. Girl, everything – like, so much pressure, man. Right? How can anyone enjoy anything with this level of pressure? <laughs> I know. They they literally made a show of how kids can ask out other kids to oh, prom. Oh, I know. That's a whole thing now. It, it wasn't a- when we were growing up, but, like w- – no. <laughs> I'm just like no I didn't mean to say no so seriously but what is it called it's not like like it's uh like prom engagement no what is it promposal promposal that's the word no did they actually make a mashup word for yes, this yes it's called a promposal tag on it ah oh, America calm all the way down find your chill stop doing the most <laughs> so much pressure these kids are like trying to get into college they're trying to you know they're about to get a fierce spoonful of reality they don't need a prom proposal um i know you're not really on snapchat but the other day there was a a filter on Mm. snapchat that was like will you go to prom with me oh no yeah Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. i I mean i of course sent it to like everybody after i saw it (laughs) 
I needed Dang to it. know. Right, I needed to know who would go to prom with me. <laughs> How was your prom experience? Did you have a good prom experience? Did you go? I did. I, went, I thought you did. I went twice. I went to my prom and I went to my husband's prom because he he was two years below me in school. So I was in college the second time I went. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> it was good. It was fine. It was a dance. It wasn't like the best dance. I like I don't really remember too many particulars about it. But like we had a good time. It wasn't like a big thing. And I definitely never had a promposal. I know. Dang it. Now I'm about to call your husband and been like, look. His, <laughs> did he, did- his prom was cooler than mine. I can't remember where ours was. Maybe you remember, but uh, it was a museum. It was like No, no, his was at the museum, I thought. I thought was oh, it? ours was at a museum as well because I remember go looking at some of the exhibits. Maybe, maybe it was ours then. Where was his then? I don't know. I, it's all clearly very important to me in my life right now. <laughs> it was cool, the one that was at a museum, like not for the prom part itself, but I really enjoyed being able to walk around the museum after hours because I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. No, that was really cool. No, I'm I'm with you. I think that that was the only cool part about my prom only but (laughs) what's your what's your happy place I decided this week for my happy place to be something it's something that is always a happy place for me and I'm like I haven't talked about this yet so I should and now I'm like really Mm. building it up like it's gonna be an amazing thing so embrace yourself oh Earl Grey tea (laughs) yes Earl Grey. I love yes. I love all teas, and I mean, really, probably I love green teas the best. But okay, I'm writing this down. But Earl Grey is is like my favorite particular type of tea. I guess I drink Earl Grey tea every day, every morning. I have a pot of Earl Grey tea, at least one. <laughs> so I'm. Are you so? Are you a milky tea person? Do you milk your tea? Not generally, but I do occasionally like some some milk or cream in my Earl Grey. It goes really nicely. Mm. But I know, like, I almost never put sugar in my tea. But I love, love Earl Grey. So that that's my my happy place. Like, I and and so Earl Grey is is black tea and bergamot, right? Like, that's the the yes. basic combination of what makes a, a tea Earl Grey. Evidently, the smell of bergamot is supposed to help with mm-hmm. depression. So that's what I tell no. myself every morning. <laughs> <laughs> come on and work come damn on. it come on and <laughs> breathe in the bergamot so you don't have to take medication <laughs> Just... girl I need that double bergamot <laughs> <laughs> that is actually that is actually really really interesting I am um, so I'm just totally gonna because people who might not know if they don't follow you personally on yeah. Instagram, your because your best friend made you an advent calendar of teas. Uh, a good and, friend of mine, yeah. Okay, a good friend of yours made a advent calendar of teas, and what Danny did, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna talk about you as though you're not there. And what Danny did is that each day of the advent calendar leading up to Christmas, she would put on Instagram what she thought of it. It, I'm not gonna lie, I looked forward to that. I felt like you would talk about nerdy things, but I'm like that was really. 
not only just entertaining, but it was really cute. She's like, hold her cup. She goes, it might be good with honey. Mm, I don't know. I wish I had some milk. It was so cute. It was so cute. There you go. I just, I hope I embarrassed you. That was the point. I got a lot of feedback. A lot of like (laughs) feedback from people who are not remotely interested in tea, but like would follow my my advent calendar Instagram stories. Maybe we should do a tea podcast instead. Oh my God. I would have so much to say. I mean, like I literally, the largest tattoo on my body is of a tea plant. And it's it's stunning. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So like I'm I'm very serious about tea. I should be in England probably. Mm. But I But you know what it is? Like they're very basic about tea. They? they love tea. But they're not that like uppity fancy about it. Mm. But they're like English tea. They're just like it's tea. When you go to people's houses, like I have tea. Dot. They don't say, Do you have herbal? Do you have this? Right. Do you have that? It's like it's tea. <laughs> but they're real serious about it but that's a for a later days yeah yeah that's another conversation but i would say have a cup of tea it makes all things mm-hmm. better and if you're, yeah. you're hoping to fight off the blues like have a mm-hmm. cup of something bergamotty like earl gray yeah double it up yeah extra strong it's supposed Still to be better. good for depression it's supposed to be good for anxiety and stress I mean, like, we all know I suffer from all three of those things. So who knows how good it is? I'm over here. I drink it every day, but I'm a ball of depression, anxiety, and stress. So, But think about what you would be without it. Like, do you want to find that out? God, so, no, no. Girl, just hang on to that bergamot and never let it go. <laughs> so tea and think about your prom unless it was garbage then laugh about it yeah. and i guarantee the week will be much better i also just recommend asking out your friends to prom in your 30s I think you just to see oh what my people goodness. say and then you guys should actually have one and it would be amazing yeah. <laughs> well that's all for this week <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just gonna cut us off <laughs> It's too much. <laughs> yes, I think that's wise. It's all too much. No, you're completely right. Our amazing art is by the amazing um, Dolly Pop Art. You should follow her closely. She's amazing. Our music is from the awesome Joseph Scott of the Citizens of Pig City. Please follow them. In fact, they're having their second album drop here really soon. So go ahead and stalk them as well. Is it going to be on Spotify mm-hmm. and stuff too? Yeah. I think so because their last one was. Yeah, I was so, going to say. They're, they're, they're last touring ones. too awesome yeah follow them give them all of the love give us the love too you can follow us on instagram at biracial unicorns you can like us on facebook we're also biracial unicorns there or you can follow us on twitter we're at biracial magic on twitter questions concerns topics we've actually been getting some really lovely encouragement and uh, feedback, please email us at biracialunicorns at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us. Uh, get your friends to yes. subscribe to us. You might, you know, mm-hmm. talk talk to some people about your thoughts and opinions about the podcast, but also talk to us. We really want to know what you think. Uh, we do. And what direction we should go. All right. Well, We'll be back next week with a, mm-hmm. a mini episode, and we'll be back in two weeks yes. with another full episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace. Out.